Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How's it going, Dad? Uh, it's going it's going well here, Steve. Yes. You having a good week? Yes, we, 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 we've, had, we've had a very good week, yes. It's, it's a, a very encouraging week. There's things happening in the world that, you know, are not good and some things are happening that are good. You know, you kind of get a mixed match at the moment. Mm. The one thing is, it's very interesting. As an observer, I consider myself an observer, you know, especially my age, just sitting back thinking, hmm, that's going on and that's going on. Constantly comparing life now as to what it used to be and perhaps what it will be in the future and uh but i've i've got a lot of faith in the future i think it's gonna it's gonna turn out well mm. there are signs little signs that you can see that that um you know i think one of the good things about all of this steve uh, not to get too political about it is the fact that uh, people have woken up they can now see things clearly Whereas if you go back a few years, all of that was hidden. You wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have seen it. Particularly as the media is, uh, is you know, being pulled over the coals and saying, and they're not what they thought they were. And so I think people are waking up. And that alone, I think, is a, is a positive. Mm. It's only my view. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of conflicting stories now. It seems to be a lot of chaos in our media, especially anyway. You know, a lot of up and downs, a lot of people mm. being to and against. And it's just, oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's an absolute minefield when you look at the media. Um, I kind of switched off to mainstream news, not mainstream news, but news on telly a while ago. Um, mm. because so do we. It was mm. just, it's just not, it's just not very nice to watch. I don't know if anyone else out there um you know you still keep up with things but um yeah it seems to be quite depressing i think i think this is the thing you, you can keep up sort of with the headlines only but don't go into too much uh, depth because you don't know what you're reading really you don't know whether it's true or being fabricated or, or what mm. so i think you're right i we, think switching off the news is, was one of the best things we did mm. um we're still getting all the information though it's still coming through we prefer much more positive things and much more uh, mm. lighter things which is the creativity and doing what we do and um, yep. that's yep. that's what we want more of in the world and um, you know as we said before you know and I've had lots of emails of people saying uh, lockdown has meant that they have been able to do more artwork um, lots of people have picked it up um, maybe have been furloughed from their jobs and actually you know got more into their art and are now selling their commissions and making a little bit of money on the side and get, helping them get through this time. So uh, I'm so pleased to see that uh, people are, are finding the best in the situation and are actually um, making it to their benefit. It's really lovely to see, really lovely to see. That's what we want more of in the world, more, more creativity, more positivity, more expression, self-expression. That's what we advocate. Well, we're doing our bit. We certainly are, certainly are. And uh, we've got a few topics to talk about this week. Um, so let's jump in because you mentioned a couple of comments and questions that have come in on YouTube and Facebook and thought they'd make, in, make some good discussion. So let's talk about the first one. It was a YouTube comment you highlighted to me um, and you thought we should talk about. And that was um, by D Cats 
on the how to use a color shaper YouTube video. And they say, I think the color blends better with a color shaper than the finger. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, my personal opinion is uh, both of those two very useful tools uh, have their place. Sometimes, particularly if, you're, if you've got a delicate area, you can't get your finger in. If you try, it's going to be um, smudging other areas that you don't want smudged. Um, so the color shaper is, is perfect for that. It also works better if you're, uh, you, you've got a different situation. Um, if you want to uh, localize an area, particularly I found in when I'm doing skies, for instance, if you use your finger, it's a general all over. You can't be specific. But with a color shaper, you can. You get the same effects, uh, but you get it uh, localized. And that applies virtually across the board. And it works brilliantly for just smoothing over fur. If you just don't want to, um, uh, if you use your finger, it would be too heavy and too much. And you wouldn't, again, be able to localize what you want. The color shaper works for that. On the other hand, the finger works brilliantly if you've got larger areas. The, the picture that I've just finished now is a perfect example of the finger and the color shaper working together. And people will see that eventually. So the, I think in, in the case of portrait work, in animal work, in landscape work, you, you need both. You, you can't do without it. Um, and I certainly agree with him. I wouldn't say, though, that the color shaper is better than the finger or the finger is better than the color shaper. Both have their place. That's my answer. Mm. Mm. So there's still, yeah, still a place for that. Um, but certainly in, in some cases, because uh, the color shaper is predominantly that you use the smaller ones, but you can, if people still don't want to use their finger, there are bigger color shapers out there that you can get. Mm. Um, we have on our site the size 10 gray color shaper, and I know there's a few people that have been trying to get hold of that from us uh, for a little while. And um, unfortunately, like our supplier I've spoken to a few times, we haven't had them in most of the year. And because of the uh, pandemic going on, they've had some trouble with manufacturing it. So we haven't been able to get the size 10 grey colour shaper. But there are um, there are places out there you can get other colour shapers that are slightly bigger. So if you didn't want to use your finger at all, there are different sizes that you can use. Um mm-hmm. So I imagine for larger areas, you have that choice whether you still use a color. Otherwise, I think you take a long time with a size two shaper going across a sky <laughs> or you take a little bit of time. You, you could do, yes, especially in the background. If, you, if you're doing a background, uh, then it, it would take forever. So uh, the finger is far, far better there. If you're doing, a, you know, one of our, the backgrounds that are, don't have any detail in them, um, that, that works better, definitely works better than a, a colour shaper would. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, so moving on to uh, another comment from Jen that came on our uh, one of our Facebook posts. And Jen asks, have you ever worked with oil pastels? And if so, what did you think of them? Well, and, and I answered, I, I, I have not worked with them. And 
I got so I couldn't give an opinion really. So I'm afraid that that fell on stony ground with me. Mm. I, I, I have ventured out into other things. I've ventured out into oil and I've, you know watercolor and acrylics, but I've I found I hovered into the pastel pencil quite early on, and that uh, took over. And I'm very pleased it has done. And then recently we've gone to the coloured pencil, which again, for years, I said, no, I wouldn't go down that road. But now we have, and uh, it's uh, added another string to our bow. But I'm no intention, really, of going to oil pastels. I've got enough to do now. I've got enough with all of the other things I'm doing. I don't want to add another um, medium to my range. Mm. So, sorry, I've had to say I can't help her with that. Jen replied saying that uh, she started with chalk pastels, but they found that they were irritating the her asthma. Um, so someone suggested oil pastels, which is uh, mm. potentially a, a good alternative. Give it a go. I mean, I, as I said, what I would suggest she does is to buy a few of the don't, – don't buy a whole set in case it doesn't work. Just buy a few or mm. borrow some if you can and just see how you feel about it. Mm. Um, I, I, the pastel pencil is, as far as I know, and have my experience, which is vast, if you think of all the workshop people and the members and everything else I've been in contact with, I haven't had that problem occur too many times. I mean, I'm saying that it's not um, – if you've got a problem with asthma, then perhaps you should be careful. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've not had too many problems with it. I imagine chalk pastels or the pastel sticks generate more dust than the pastel pencils. Um, Definitely. So, mm. you know, if you're using chalk pastel sticks, um, you're going to find they they generate more dust. Um, as with soft pastels, you know, generally soft pastels, they crumble away and they get in the mm. air and all kinds of things. Um I, very messy. I've seen what your work surface looks like after you've been working with soft pastels. It's a yes. mess. It um, is indeed. Yes. So yeah, definitely want to tread with caution. But the the pastel pencils, as people have seen, they, they don't generate too much dust. We have had people over the years say that they still would prefer not to work with them because of their their uh, asthma and things like that. But um, fair enough. I would say it's. I would say it's the least. Uh, amount of dust that's generated from a pastel medium has got to be pastel pencils i would have thought mm -hmm. um because it's contained in a pencil you know you're not you're not handling the whole stick and you you control how much you're putting down i would have thought the other thing about that too uh it crossed my mind that dust travels up in the air if you've got chalk pastel particularly it goes everywhere you can you can always cut cut the air um, through the air uh, with the dust but the pastel pencil doesn't do that it stays locally even when you blow it off it blows to the side it doesn't blow go up it doesn't go up into the air which suggests to me it's heavier you know if there's such a thing um, and whereas the soft pastel is lighter again it might be worth trying just a few pastel pencils buy a few you don't mm. have to you can buy them individually uh, and just uh, try it an ideal one would probably be something like uh, we've got with the um, 
uh, shadow pictures where he's only four pastel pencils. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's another possibility to try something like that, uh, rather than you know go mad and buy a whole set and then find they're also creating a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Good point. Just a little trial run. Hmm. Um, okay, lovely. Well, I hope that's uh, helped people out there uh, that may have had uh, some queries about that. Uh, I know we like to pull some stuff over from various comments and uh, add those as topics to talk about. This week you've been working on uh, another picture. Um, I have. And it's pretty stunning, but it's um, it's not going to be a project. So should we should we talk about that? Yeah, well, it, we've over the years, as you know, we, we've had a lot of people saying about portrait work uh, with the pastel pencil, and I've I've done portraits and uh, they've been very successful, and we've seen a lot of people with portraits, but we know people would love to do it, particularly their children or their grandchildren, um, and uh, I thought I, I had this lovely picture a photograph of uh, um my granddaughter fee that's fion and i, I approached uh, her mum your daughter my daughter your well, my daughter <laughs> <laughs> i get my daughters and the granddaughters and uh, all mixed up now all, all go lumped together anyway i i approached uh, uh, my daughter Becky and felt that uh, it might be nice for her for me to do it for Fee's birthday, which is coming up in January. So uh, it was it was it was a thought first of all because I didn't know how she would feel about it. And the other thing about doing a portrait is, if I do it of my granddaughter, no one else would want to do it. I wouldn't want somebody else's granddaughter on my wall. So th- there wouldn't be much point in them doing it. So I tussled with this for a while, and then I realised that I could, if I did this portrait and filmed it, but did it as a demonstration as opposed to a project, even though it is a project for me, I could um, go into much more depth about the... Um, tips and the techniques and the way I'm approaching it all. So I put that together in my head before I even approach you on it. I got permission from uh, my daughter to do it, she, who in turn got permission from her daughter, because that was <laughs> very important. <laughs> and they were all um, thrilled to bits. So, yes, this is lo- what a lovely, lovely idea. So then I approached you and we thought, yes, you know, this is a good idea because um, it gives me a chance to show people how I can do something like that and they can do copy my ideas as well and do their own work. So I didn't spare the horses, really. I went for the whole thing using all the pencils I've got and... Um, and uh, also the stick pastels as well, mm. and put it together, which I'm thrilled with. And if you show it, you, they will be thrilled with it as well. It's it's a lovely picture. Um, and I, I was there were certain challenges uh, that I I knew I would face, 
hair being one of them. She's got blonde hair. Now, blonde hair is not easy to do. Uh, I've tried to avoid it in the past. You know, I've done it. Um, I've done it, but I kind of wouldn't necessarily. It's much easier to do the dark hair, the auburn and even the the black haired uh, people. But this was a blonde and I knew I was going to face problems with not problems. uh, I was going to have to overcome uh, certain uh, situations, which I've done and I've done it really well. So, I was thrilled to bits and I finished it now. I did it in stages and I and I uh, photographed the stages. So I don't know how you want to present it. We don't know yet how we're going to do that. But uh, that's how it all came about. And I also thought we've had people asking about framing, haven't we? People say, you know, how, how do you do be framing? It does cost a lot of money. And it does if you have a bespoke framing job done. So we thought about ready-made frames. So when I decided to do this, I thought, okay, I'll do this as a ready-made frame project. So the size of the paper was worked out for an A4 uh, size frame. I don't know whether throughout the world that is uh, the case, but in the UK, you can go into the most places that sell frames uh, and buy an A4 frame. I've done it several times myself. Uh, So a ready-made frame, which is a fraction of the price of uh, a proper frame, and you can do it yourself. So I've I've done that approach, and I've uh, showed people how they can set it all up, make sure that they get the, uh, with with the mount, because you've got to have a mount. Uh, When I just, uh, by the way, uh, I mentioned this to my daughter. She said, oh, yes, that's great. We're going we're gonna to put that. We won't have a frame around it. We just put, we'll have a frame around it. We won't have a mount. We'll just put it straight in. And I said, you can't do that because pastel, when it touches glass, it leaves a mark. So you've got to have a mount. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because somebody else might think, oh, we could just do that. You can do it with acrylic. You can do it with oil. Do it with watercolour, but you can't do it with pastel, I'm afraid. Um, unless you fix it. And if you fix it, you spoil the picture, in my opinion. And I wouldn't want to do that. So anyway, going back to the frame. So I've now got uh, the video setting up the uh, picture for, deliberately for, a ready-made frame. And right at the end... And I don't know what you're going to show, but if you show the picture with the mount on it, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It makes a difference. And now we're, we're going to sort out the frame and uh, I'm going to include that, uh, putting that into a frame in the video. Because I've, I've finished the video, but uh, I can add that on to the end. So it's going to be a complete package for people. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is the thing um, mentioned about A4 frames. Uh, A4 A4 is a UK, as you said. Um, I don't know if it's a European, but it's certainly a UK measurement. And in America and other places, I think it's, I, I, I almost, I think it's different. It's, it's labeled as a different size. I think there is some slight difference in the the size i can't remember what it's equivalent to that doesn't help anyone at all does it let me just find out but but it doesn't really matter i don't think see because i've done it for an a4 frame but other people could do it for they could go into their local um shop 
that sells frames, choose something that would be suitable for them, take that back, and then if it's a neutral color, like a black, white, or brown, or or silver, or whatever color frame they want to do, uh, and the mount then, they would check the mount that they've got in there with the size of their paper Mm. and do the picture according to that size. So they can still work it whichever uh, size they do. Yes, yeah, so the closest is US letter size, which uh, A4 is slightly longer and narrower, and US letter is slightly wider and shorter, only slightly. So it's, it's very close um, to to A4. So our US audience, um, if you're not familiar with A4, your closest is US letter, which I'm sure you can, if you find ready-made frames that fit that length, you can just adjust your canvas uh, that you're working with um, on a picture to that and uh and modify it but yeah i think well, I, sh- I show this on the on the screen though i showed how i've used the mount you know to actually work out the size of the picture they, they do exactly the same with theirs brilliant brilliant i think it's really nice that you've been showing more advanced portrait techniques as well that people can learn how to do especially things like long uh, the blonde hair that you find uh, difficult um, because of mm. challenging because uh, I think yeah if it's if it's a challenge to you then it's something that our members will certainly uh, find mm. challenging as well so our students mm. when they come across it will also struggle a bit so um, yeah showing those techniques is is going to be wonderful I think yeah I think it's just key to note that this will be sort of a visual uh, learning experience of just taking on board these techniques and maybe practicing them on on, a, on your own kind of pictures um as we say we don't want pictures of your gra- granddaughter my niece on people's walls all over the world doesn't doesn't make sense it's not really fair but certainly to demonstrate these techniques would uh, to not demonstrate these techniques would be a problem you know would, would be a disservice to our students and we know they would all love to to see these uh techniques because it's on pastel mat as well isn't it mm. um, yes that's right well again again um I had to look at the fact that this was a, a superior picture. It, it it had to be the best I could do, and I had to have the best materials. Mm. And pastel mat, the sand-coloured pastel mat I used, which was perfect, a perfect colour. Mm. And uh, people will see it. When they see it, they'll see that it um, it glows. But when people look at the photograph that I've got and the portrait that i've done there's no comparison you can't compare it i mean it's the same you know i've followed the all of the the uh, features and so on but it's so different and there was something yesterday uh, her dad my son-in-law said to me he, he texted me and he said i even saw the dimple on her hand now and funny enough I saw it too because she's got her hand uh, at, at, at an angle, and I saw it too. And I thought I'm going to make a feature of that, so I made a, a special point on the video of saying, "Let me show you how I produce this." So, from just a plain, forward, straightforward hand color, I produced a little dimple, and that was picked up by my son-in-law. So, these little things you don't think about at the time, and um, I did it because I I felt it was important for the uh, the viewer and uh, the, the prospective portrait artist to mm. see something like that. Mm. But something like that was picked up. 
Mm. And uh, it, it, it's, it, it gratified me to see that. Fantastic. When you did the picture uh, and you were using all the kind of pencils that you were, you were going across, were there any, uh, like, especially for getting, like, skin tones, were there any brand or any colours that you were drawn to more than others? You know, were you using more Caran d'Ache or Creta colour when it came to finding the skin tones? Because we've talked to before about Faber's skin tones being quite few, limited. Um, mm-hmm. Was there a particular brand that you you used more of with the skin tones? Uh, uh, mostly Faber, believe it or not. But what you do is you, you, you slide colours in between. Like the second colour, the first colour I put on, bearing in mind I'm using the sand coloured paper, so we've got a lighter colour uh, than perhaps a dark grey, for instance. Um, you, you start off with white, obviously, for the uh, the main lighter areas of, of the skin. And then you would use the Creta colour. I use the Creta colour. I can still remember the number. It's 131 in Creta colour. I've used it before many times on, on portrait work. And it's a very light one. And that, like, complements the white. It gives the that uh, creaminess, then ivory, which again I used uh, Faber for that. So we had a combination of those three colours that gave you the basic colour. Then I went for the one three two, which is the uh, very very popular uh, lightest pink that Faber do, and I used that, and that went on, and that went on. But what happens is you tend to get a salmony look so you have to you have to uh, get over that by other colors and uh, oh there were so many other colors i put in i can't remember them all and the idea was this uh, to actually produce although i show people what i'm using uh, i don't list the pencils and i have no intention of doing that the idea was to this is how you build up the skin but what impressed me uh, with this portrait, as it has done with others I've done, is how important those first few colours are to the finishing colours when you start putting the stronger tones in. That's where it's important. And I think people will then realise it. But when I've looked at uh, other people's work, uh, good though it is, you can see that they haven't paid a, quite enough attention to that first basic uh, uh, instruction of putting the and making sure that you've got plenty particularly with pastel map you've got to build those colors up how many times have we said that over the weeks it's the same with the shadow pictures it's exactly the same if you go in with the strong colors too quickly you don't get that uh, uh, same effect but if you if you make sure you've got a good foundation color then those stronger colors work better but it's more important if when you're working in lots of colors yeah yeah i can imagine i can imagine especially with something yeah something as advanced and as intricate as that and when you're laying a lot of colors down it becomes even more vital and more glaringly obvious when you don't get it right i imagine too that's right there's another another point that i that i would like to raise and people will see in the portrait i don't overdo I don't use more pencils than I need. Mm-hmm. You get to a point where it, it works, and when it works, you leave it alone. You don't keep going. And uh, I found that 
In fact, I, I used fewer pencils than I thought I would. Really? When I started off, I, I show on the screen the whole range of pencils which I've selected that I may use. And I mentioned that uh, I, I will probably have to dig into my reserve stock as well because there's probably colours that I uh, that I haven't found. And I actually did do that. But I only use, I should think about probably just over half of those pencils I actually got out originally. I discarded them. And one particular interesting point was when I put the white on, this is we're talking about the skin now, the white on and the, the light pink 131 and the 132, I then realized that I'd missed one pencil out that I did actually intend to use, which I have used for the dark, when I've used the uh, dark gray pastel map on some of the portraits I've done. And that was the 130, believe it or not, which is a slightly darker colour than the 131, but not as dark as the 132 in favour. It's strange how those colours all uh, are the same numbers. And I mentioned on the video and showed it and said, I don't need this one now. Interesting. Wow. So, there was, so I just guarded one pencil which I thought I would be using and I didn't use and I think these are the sort of things that people would pick up on I think wow I do understand that because I jump from the light color to a medium tone basically and you think shouldn't you find something in between that I didn't need it mm. so it, it, it's interesting that uh, when you when you're doing pictures especially um, perhaps at my level now you, you realise that less is more, yeah. actually. You don't need to keep adding colour after colour after colour. Once you get what you want, you leave it alone. Mm. That is a good tip. That is a really good tip. Particularly over the nose area. That That's the area that people have got to look at. The nose itself. I was amazed at how little I actually had to do with that to get the effect. Mm. Wow, interesting. I think people are going to find this really fascinating to watch then. Lovely. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks, Dad, for sharing all of that uh, experience. Right. And it's a pleasure. Advice and wisdom. Um, we hope people have found this interesting. If you've got questions or topics that you want us to discuss, then please do drop us an email. Um, otherwise, we'll be back next week talking about some more of your pictures that you've been doing, Dad. Um and anything else that we feel like discussing um should just mention that the because we've revealed this week that we have gift cards available for for membership uh, so if people want to gift their friends or family members one year's membership then they are available and they come in a nice little package um with explainer cards and uh, an exclusive christmas card and um yeah it's all in a nice uh, neat bundle so got a couple of those sent out today so those will be winging themselves to the uh, various people they've bought uh, presents for and um, yeah I think that's a nice gift I think it's a nice gift so uh, yeah those are available on our store just go to store.colinbradleyart.com and uh, have a browse lovely okay thanks dad and that's it for this week thanks everyone for listening I'm Stephen Bradley and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.